River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan, here along with James. James, say hello. What's going on, Niner Nation? Yes, we are here. We are excited. We are fresh off the draft, and we have brought in a very special guest to talk about who we drafted and whom we didn't draft in the UDFAs, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Omar has returned to the show for the second time. Omar, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, we're so glad to have you back here. And, um, Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and get right into it, guys. Uh, we're going to dedicate this specifically to the drafted players. Uh, we, as longtime Niner fans know, or dedicated Niner fans know, uh, we only picked between round three and seven <laughs> because <laughs> of Christian McCaffrey and Trey Lance and just reasons. F them picks. F them picks, right? Exactly. Um, and we ended up with nine players. Um, I'll just go ahead and list them off here. Uh, our first third round pick was Mr. Jair Brown, safety out of Penn State. Our second third round pick was Mr. Jake Moody, kicker out of Michigan. Our third third round pick was Cameron Latow. If I hope I pronounced that name right. Uh, he is the tight end from Alabama. And then we didn't pick again until the fifth round, and our two fifth-round picks were uh, Darrell, I hope, uh, Luter Jr. from South Alabama. He's a cornerback. And then Robert Beal Jr., uh, Edge out of Georgia. The sixth round, our only pick, was Mr. D. Winters, linebacker out of TCU. And then in the seventh round, our three picks were Braden Willis, tight end out of Oklahoma, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver out of Michigan U., and then Jalen Graham, linebacker out of Purdue, representing Indiana, the state of Indiana, I should say. He didn't represent actual Indiana U. Um. <laughs> yes, and like like last year, uh, two of our picks got selected by the 49ers, if you were listening to the Niner Nuts when we did our draft specials. So, John, we'll take our residual check whenever you're, you know, whenever you're ready, because you, we know you listen to the podcast. Yes, congratulations, Jair Brown and... Uh, D Winters for being the two players that we were hoping for um, on that last episode. Um, <laughs> and honestly, the most the most buzz I saw um, from like uh, hot takes and recaps of the draft uh, that I've seen over the past couple days uh, was D. Yeah. Uh, they were calling D a steal. They were uh, saying D was the best pick, the pick that we had yeah. among the <laughs> among all the other things I read about us taking a kicker. Um, but but no, I remember getting so hyped up with Steve and you uh, about uh, D. It was a great pitch for him. Uh, I do also remember talking about uh, Jair Brown as well. Um, I did forget on draft night that uh, he was on our list, but looking at it now, um, obviously he's going to be the de facto replacement for, uh, oh my gosh, uh, to Sean Gibson because he's like 32, 33 this year. But um, D Winters, hopefully he can just step right in for Aziz Al-Shair. Yeah. Um, might as well just get the ball rolling with this. I was um, <laughs> just just get the elephant. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room about the draft with Jake Moody. Might as well. Um, I'll just get. I just need to get this off my chest. 
I was just as shocked as you guys were that we picked a kicker in the third round with our second pick. It was pick 99. And uh, later that night, I watched the press conference that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had um, about, it was just our three third round picks, this one. And um, they said that through their R&D team, Jake Moody was the best kicker. And uh, kicker was important to them, even though we signed Zane Gonzalez. And the likelihood of Jake being available late fifth versus late third was like non-existent. And we didn't like us, the show, we didn't think a kicker was going to be that high of a priority, but it was to them. So Good. they went ahead, they took a swing at Jake Moody and letting that digest and sit in me for a little bit. Yeah, he's replacing Robbie Gould who's been just Mr. Consistent, somewhat Mr. Automatic, but Mr. Consistent. And with the uncertainty that we don't know how good Sam's going to play, we don't know how good Trey's going to play, we don't know when or how good Purdy's going to be post this traumatic elbow surgery. So with Mr. Consistent out the door, I, you know, when you think about it like that, I don't blame him for putting a kicker higher than we did. I feel kind of dumb for not thinking, oh, hey, maybe... Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I can't kid myself and say I was thinking about a kicker in the third round, but, <laughs> but you know, if this guy was the consensus best kicker in the draft, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, kickers always... have been taken higher. Sebastian Janikowski went in the first round back in the day. So yeah. kickers have been taken higher. And, you know, I looking into this guy, he has four out of the seven top kicks in Michigan history, like not Michigan the football team, Michigan, the state history, four out of the top seven. So you got to like that coming out. His long is 58. And um, I believe his final year at Michigan, he was three of seven beyond 50 yards. So not bad for, you know, this kicker in the third round. Like I can kind of get excited about that. What about you, Steve? Omar. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but uh, no, so I, I agree. So my, my thing is this, what I noticed, because I am huge on the All-Star Game circuit. Um, in fact, like that's how that's how James and I first uh, first connected uh, to yeah. it over, so over the All-Star Game uh, circuit. The, the East-West Shrine game, perhaps no team has reaped the benefits of the East-West Shrine game. Sorry, bowl now. Bowl more than the 49ers had the past years. Of course, Brock Purdy, which I will I will gladly admit I was wrong about Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know, I, was, I, was, I wanted DJ Perry. <laughs> we were all wrong. Don't feel bad. We were wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then now with Jake Moody, and of course, um, I, I know we'll probably talk about this like in a later recorded segment, but like one of the other UDFA or two other UDFAs that the Niners got from the East West Shrine uh, Shrine Bowl. So I, I like the Moody pick a lot. I like it. I like how it's forward thinking, but um, in a way, I. I feel like drafting a kicker in the third round, it, I feel like it should be set aside for, like, can't miss kicking. Like, ge maybe generational is a better word. Generational kicking prospects. Like, um, uh, like Matt Ariza last year, the 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 punter from uh, from San Diego State. Definitely worthy of a pick in the third round. Um, but but I mean, are we allowed to talk I mean, about him anymore? <laughs> I, I know. I know. I should have said disclaimer. <laughs> well, the thing, but the thing about it is, no, I disagree. Generational talent like that gets selected in the first round. Sebastian Janikowski, Ray Guy, both went in the first round. Both were special teams, punters, and kickers that went in the first round. Now, granted, that's the Raiders and Al Davis and how they think. But still, like generational talent, if you think a guy is worth the pick, 
you take him. Like if you believe in the guy, you do, you take him, you know? And then really, you know, if we think back on it, if the Patriots had thought Tom Brady was really going to be this great star, they wouldn't have picked him in the sixth round. They would have picked him in the first round. So, you know, I think, you know, maybe the 49ers see something here. They like him. If he, is he generational? We don't really know, but I think, you know, you get a guy that you wanted in the third round, I really don't think it's that big of a risk to take a kicker in the third round. Well, and honestly, too, think about, like, the needs that our roster has. Like, this wasn't a sexy draft in any way, shape, or form. Like, D. Winters, a sixth-round pick, is our sexiest pick, and Jake Moody, a kicker, is our most controversial pick. Like, this was not a sexy draft overall, but it's not like our roster really— our roster really didn't need somebody that— we had to swing to the first or really swing to the second. I was wrong. I thought we were going to try to swing into the second and we were nice and comfy there, but we got two of the three linebackers set. We have two of the four defensive linemen set. We more or less people will argue with me about this. We more or less have our secondary set. And then our offense, I don't even have to go through the position. Our offense is set like, except for the health of our quarterback. Like, so all these, all these picks, I again, D could probably step in for uh, Al Shayer and Moody can outplay Zane Gonzalez because clearly we don't have faith in him or we wouldn't have drafted Moody. Like, well, competition is always good and you never know who's going to surprise you. But well, and Moody could turn into Robert Aguayo. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, who who knows who's going to happen and what kickers are going to do. But, you know, I think, you know, going off onto the D, the D winners pick, like, I think that's, you know, people have been talking about the steal of the draft. Like, I think, you know, you got the pretty much the leader of the defense of TCU, which was the national championship runner up coming in, who had a heck of a season. I mean, he had 79 tackles, 14 and a half for loss, seven and a half sacks, you know, in a 15 game season. You know, he had an interception return for a score, you know, all in his senior season and led that TCU defense to um, to the national championship game. Yeah, to where they got smoked, but I mean, aside from the point, um, no, it's, I don't know, I guess the bigger point I'm trying to make is that, like, we're, I think we're making a bigger deal out of Jake Moody than it needs to be. Like, this wasn't our second round pick. This was our second, third round pick. Like, I want to look more about, I want to look more at, like, uh, Jair Brown, uh, the likelihood of him possibly getting tooled into being, like, a the hybrid safety nickel that Jimmy Ward was since the immediate fill is to take Jimmy Ward's spot. Since uh, we got Gibson there still, I want to look at uh, Cameron and uh, Brayden, why we drafted two tight ends. That's such a jolt of youth into our uh, tight end position, which really, I mean, I thought they were cool with having Ross Dwelly behind George Kittle, but I mean, after what happened when Dwelly got killed by uh, Hassan Reddick, I mean, I guess they decided they needed to bolster up the tight end room a little bit more. So I mean, I'm very I mean, interested in those picks. Do you, Omar, do you know if either of those tight ends can pass block? Uh, so I would assume, I don't really know about pass blocking, to be honest. I, w- I would assume that um, the, t- the tight end from Bama can pass block because uh, definitely wasn't, I mean, they run more of a pro style scheme than Oklahoma's scheme um, out there, out there in, uh, in Norman. But I, I think the Alabama tight end, I think he can block pass block. Okay. Um, was there anything about any of these, uh, since I've listed all the names, uh, did any of the names like ring a really hard bell uh, in your head? Like even, I mean, we've talked about Jake, but like did Brown, did uh, uh, 
Bell, Ronnie Bell from Michigan, any of these guys, any, any other th- thoughts from these yeah, guys come so, to mind? Yeah. So a few, um, I know you mentioned Ronnie Bell, I guess that I guess we go from the bottom up. Like I liked Ronnie Bell a lot in college at, uh, at Michigan. Uh, I feel like, I feel like, well, I mean, I, I guess it's just like a brief aside. I feel like if you look at the way that Bo Schembechler's teams played in Michigan in the 1980s and the way that they played, that uh, Jim Harbaugh's running that team, now it's like nothing's changed, you know? So Ronnie Bell is like, he, he's a great deep threat, honestly. Um, he, uh, I know I know he also played basketball, too, in high school. So definitely like a good jump ball uh, jump ball threat. And like looking at the Niners receiving core, like looking at the UDFAs, which I did more of my research on, um, you know, I, I feel like the Niners kind of lack that like um, that great, I guess, um, sort of like jump ball sort of receiver. I mean, Debo Samuel does most of most of his work in the open field and after the catch. But it's like and of course, Brandon, I just burns past people. But it's like, who is there to win those uh those uh, those, I guess, deep ball battles those like uh, those high point catches. So I like Ronnie Bell a lot for that reason. And I'll, I mean, I'll give you that answer. Team. It's George Kittle. George Kittle is okay. the jump ball guy. So, no, we don't have that wide receiver. Yeah. So so there we go. I mean, and of course, like Ronnie Bell, too. Like, you know, we can run block just being with Michigan um, in that scheme. Is, so I like that. Which is important for Shanahan. Run blocking tight receivers are important for Shanahan for sure. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's a huge sleeper pick for me. Like, the funny thing is, it's like Ronnie Bell played for Michigan, but I feel like he slipped in the draft because he frankly doesn't catch a lot of passes for Michigan. Like, I mean, 62 catches for 889 yards as a leading receiver on a team. That's like, I mean, that you might as well be running the triple option, I guess, in today's today's college football game. Um, but for the other picks, too, like uh, Winters, just, yeah, like like you said, a great steal for sure. I, I'm interested in, uh, in Daryl Luter, honestly, because... From from what I saw as a college football fan, I, I didn't pay particular attention to Luter himself, but like whenever Luter and um, South Alabama played elite quarterback play, you think uh, UCLA uh, and DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson out of the Rose Bowl in September. Uh, Thompson Robinson had three touchdown passes, 263 yards uh, in the New Orleans Bowl. It was even more evident the holes in uh, the South Alabama um, pass coverage. Uh, four, like Austin, Austin Reed passed for 497 yards in the New Orleans ball, I think like five or six touchdowns. So was that looters fault? May, probably not. They're probably throwing to the other corners out in uh, other defensive backs in that defensive scheme. But I, for me as a college football fan, you know, not an X's and O's guys like, uh, like our friend Jackson, that's kind of alarming to me, but I trust, I trust John Lynch's um, intuition when it comes to honestly, every single one of these picks. I was I remember I was looking at Daryl um the other day and um the thing that really stood out to me is that this dude is long. He's only six feet he's he only measures at six foot tall, but uh just the way that he's built, I don't know, like small torso or what, but everything in the notes too and the pictures I was seeing of him, this dude's long. This dude can reach and like you think he's further away than he is just because, but uh, I love his wingspan and I was, it seems like, it seems like he could be a really good uh, piece of competition for Diamador Lenore since Ward's locked in at number one. Um, or he could be a good competition for, um, oh, I'm already forgetting his, for Womack, Sam Womack. Um, but no, it was good to get, it was good to get a cornerback. We, there's never too much depth when it comes to, well, on our team, defensive linemen, but I also just personally believe that having a good depth at cornerback is a really good, uh, really good thing to have too. And I just lauded our secondary, but throwing Daryl in, yeah, no, I'm very interested. And you're right, uh, in terms of the draft picks, 
the free agents are kind of spotty. But in terms of the draft picks, John Lynch has about as good as instincts as anybody else in the league, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, a good pick all around. I mean, especially as well, um, the the Jair Brown. I, I like I like the defensive back crop in mm-hmm. general between uh, draft pick, between the draft and the UDFAs. I really feel like the emphasis was there in um, in trying to replace uh, Jimmy Ward. I feel like the emphasis was definitely there in because uh, there's a, a couple guys that uh, will mix it up in, um, in in camp and in the preseason for sure. So especially Jair Brown, of course, overshadowed by uh, by Joey Porter Jr. Upper Penn State, but I mean, definitely a great player in his own right. Yeah, I I actually decided to look at some film of him in his Michigan in the Michigan game, and I you know he's a good tackler. That's what one of the things that I liked about him uh, with Hufunga being the tackler that he is, and we've talked about how he has to make an improvement. This is a good tackling safety that you know was in the mix of things pretty much all the time. He was able to like just the Michigan game. It looked like he was able to. Uh, read the play a lot and not get caught uh, with anybody behind him or anything like that. And so just running up, making the tackles, he was very good at uh, and being involved uh, with that. So I, I like what I saw in the Michigan game from him uh, being that. And that's, you know, we all know Michigan was one of the top programs this year. And so, um, you know, I think mm-hmm. he just by the the I think I saw like the first quarter that he played or the first half. And I really liked what what I saw from him in the in the first half of that Michigan game. That's something that I saw between. I mean, obviously, I did a little bit extra looking at Jair and D, uh, just because J- Jair being the first pick in D, Steve freaked out about it in our text chain. <laughs> but <laughs> but something I noticed between the two of them, both of them, at least on the NFL profile, uh, they were both emphasized as like eyes on the prize just harpooning the ball. They just flew at them. They they knew exactly where the ball was, and they hit very hard. Those, those were the two things that they both had in common. And what were we best at last year? Run defense. Our, lineback- our defensive line stuffed the holes. If they got through, Fred Warner was going to clock you. Uh, uh, Al Shair was going to clock you. Greenlaw was going to clock you. Or Hufunga was going to hit you the hardest out of all of them. Like, yeah. we were... Our mindset was if you're running the ball, all 11 of our guys are going to hit you as hard as possible. Like, so if they can fit into that and from what their profile said, like that got me extra excited about both of those guys, especially just because I remember more vividly that uh, Steve hyping up D the way that he did. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, and- Oh, I'm sorry. No, really, I, didn't mean oh, I, I was just gonna, I was gonna add some filler. No, <laughs> oh no, no, no. That's a wonderful Skype delay. Um, honestly, I was just, um, I couldn't really. I'm kind of, I'm just trying to think of what else to even ask about these guys. Um, unless you had something to add on there before I interrupted you. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. I mean, so for me as a college football fan, I guess, um, you know, I, I'll be the first to say that like I'm no Todd McShay, I'm no Mel Kiper, I'm no player evaluator. But just looking at um, some of like the performances uh, of, I guess, the teams in um, in a lot of, I guess, in like, how should I put this? I guess like prime games, like, you know, I know I mentioned it before with uh, with Luter, but also something with like Jalen Graham, just uh, thinking about the Citrus Bowl, which I know you went to, you went to James, the Purdue LSU Citrus Bowl, like that, I mean, 
LSU, like so much uh, NFL talent at the skill positions makes, uh, I, I mean, as a college football fan, it kind of makes me like suspicious for like how it'll translate, you know, um, in the pros, like seeing like blowouts like this, you know, but uh, again, I yeah, like the every- Citrus Bowl, we left, we left after the first half. It wasn't even a contest. It was, but I mean, I honestly, I don't know if he played in that game because okay. it, it was like, I, I was there with um, my buddy who is a Purdue fan. And he was like, all our players that are eligible for the draft or who are going to be drafted aren't playing in this game, you know. So uh, to be fair, you know, I I don't know if he played in that game, but Purdue got blown out basically because their second string or third string is not as good as LSU's second string and third string, you know, being the programs that they are. So I don't want to hold that against them, you know, Citrus Bowl, because they weren't – I mean – Nowadays, as we see in bowl games, players are not going because of the risk of injury, you know, which I'm fine with. But, you know, and the Citrus Bowl tickets were free, so I didn't give a sh- earmark. <laughs> I didn't give a shit that, you know, I wasn't seeing like a top product. I was just happy to be at the Citrus Bowl because it's a historic game. But yeah, so but yeah, that I wouldn't hold it against them. What happened in the Citrus Bowl with Purdue? Um, they weren't playing a lot of their starters. I don't know if he didn't play, but like I said, I, I wouldn't hold it against them. That's funny. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad again. No, no, you're good. I was going to say, I'm just bringing that college perspective that you guys wanted me to, like uh, the college football, the college football writer. Like I always tell Jackson, like when we have our podcast, Jackson's a player evaluator. And then I look at like the writer's mindset because writers are the ones voting on all the college football awards, you know, whether it's right or not, you know. So uh, I'm just the idiot writer who thinks they know everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I just had a question come to mind. It's not exactly um, strictly Niners related. I mean, since we have a minute here um, and this is the draft, we are focused on the Niners draft. But um, I guess I, I want to ask you Omar and I guess uh James you can too because I don't I don't have enough confidence to say an answer for my question but um I guess in general since we were talking about the all these guys being steals um is there any steal that comes to mind in general in the league that you think a particular team just fleeced everybody with like is there any steal that comes to mind uh to you guys, I mean, I don't know if James, you would consider any of your guys as steals since you just picked a bunch of Georgia players, but well, I mean, Nolan Smith at thirty, when everybody thought we were going to take him at ten, uh, Keely Ringo in the, I believe we got him in the four, uh, third round or the fourth round. Um, I mean, just, I mean, this is not an Eagle show, but I'm like freaking excited that the Eagles draft like you had a you had a hell of a draft and so did the Seahawks let's tie this into the NFC West I'm mad how good the Seahawks drafted this year I paid attention especially like after how good they hit on their two picks in the first round Jesus Christ you got in Jigba and you got probably top three if not the best corner in the league and you already had Wooden from last year like F me how in the world are we gonna pass against these guys now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so mad at the Seahawks. Uh, anyway, Omar, was anybody uh, anybody really catch your eyes? Just like, oh man, these this team really got a good pick out of this guy. Yeah. So for me, um, I mean, I'm old fashioned. I, I 
Like, I still believe in the NFL that's running back centered. You know, I believe in a college football <laughs> game that's running back centered. I'm old fashioned. So, I mean, I liked in the seventh round with the Packers drafting Lou Nichols out of Central Michigan. Uh, saw Lou Nichols play in the uh, 2021, uh, 2021 uh, Sun Bowl out here in El Paso um, that, you know, wasn't so sunny. But um, but it, it's funny, F- funny story from that one, funny story from that one. Um, I posted a picture of like the end zones and, you know, how it was like hastily painted CMU. And one of the replies was, at least they spelled CMU right. And it didn't occur <laughs> until hours later. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, but Lou Nichols, I mean, honestly, like just such a workhorse. He led all of FBS in rushing in 2021 um was banged up this year like much of central michigan but i feel like anytime you can get someone to share carries and anyone anytime you get someone that that can play that has played in um you know the i guess the upper midwest for the pat for like a a team like the packers so they have experience running the ball in that weather they have experience with the wear and tear of playing in the cold um i mean i i, I like i like blue nickels a lot honestly especially like now too with a young quarterback where the packers are probably gonna have to lean on the run game more than they ever have in like the last i guess ever since amon green was was uh was playing for the for the packers um yeah. i i like the Lou nickels pick a lot honestly so seven rounds so he, i mean I'm, I'm not expecting him to be you know a thousand yard rusher but i expect him to have a couple big games you know have come up in some big moments uh late in the season uh, in divisional games he's well, gonna have uh, a good opportunity sharing with uh dylan like because yeah, oh, yeah you're out you're 100 right dylan's gonna get I could see Dylan getting damn near 250. I don't think maybe not 300, but he's he's gonna get a lot of carries with Jordan Love being the quarterback. <laughs> and 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 now that Aaron Rodgers is off the the Packers, maybe the 49ers can be scared of the Packers in the playoffs again because. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I I almost uh, I almost jumped on our Twitter and wrote, "Cool, now the Jets are gonna lose in the AFC Championship." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that was, I, I don't know. That was so, that was a real, I don't know. That was one of those moments where, uh, I don't know. It, you just sit there and you just realize we're in a new era, you know, not to make it, not to go on a whole ramble, but, um, <laughs> but no, remember when Manning went to the Broncos and Brady went to the pack to the bucks. I don't know. That was a pretty cool moment. Like <laughs> I don't have to worry about the Packers anymore. Neither is my dad, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, that's our thoughts about the drafts. Uh, we were clearly out of them at this moment. So, uh, <laughs> James, uh, how about uh, you let everybody know uh, where they can reach out to us? Guys, just so you know, we're changing the format of the show. When it's football-related, we're going to try to keep it short uh, and sweet. So we're, what we're going to do for you guys, if you want to check us out, if you want our apparel, if you want to reach out to us, you want to leave us reviews, just go to the description in the podcast to check out where to reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or email. Write to us, tweet tweet us. We would love to hear from you guys how you love the show. Uh, and just, yeah, go ahead. Any five-star review you leave, we'll read it on the air. Email us if you, if you want to do that. Uh, anyway, uh, anything else you have to say, Dan? Uh, give a moment for Omar to make some plugs because we can't guarantee everyone's listening to both episodes we're taping tonight <laughs> oh thank you i almost forgot to uh to plug my myself so jackson and i uh you can follow us on twitter um just search my name uh, i don't i don't know if the skype recording shows our full names but look, look up omar rashawn borja on twitter um 
Instagram Hardware Pod, TikTok Hardware Pod, YouTube channel is Hardware Pod. Uh, and we just do, um, you know, our podcast during the season, uh, doing the awards rankings, uh, sort of like, I guess, the awards races, and just go through that. Um, I also do some writing with redshirtsports.xyz. Uh, so for if you want to follow college ball writing of all levels and see um, other great writers than myself, then just tune in there. But um, yeah, and, and I also freelance on great podcasts like the Niner Nuts Pod. And just so you know, Niner Nuts Nation, Omar is the number one historian of college football. There is no better historian of the game of college football than Omar. I re- I really appreciate it. Um, I just I try my best. I, I appreciate it. I, <laughs> I, I just I just I've just never seen somebody just geek out over old bowl games and. Just, I mean, he does documentaries. Check it out. Uh, check it out. Hardware, his channel. You'll love it if you love college football and you love college football history. Yes, and we will have all of uh, your plugs in the show notes here in the episode. Uh, just go into the episode description on your podcast platform, whatever you use. Uh, that is all we got for our thoughts on the draftees specifically. We're going to be back in your feed at a currently undisclosed time because we're playing with the format. But um, be patient with us, everybody. Be patient with us if either of us go on a ramble. Um, <laughs> things are changing this year for season two, and it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to be back in your ears to talk about the undrafted free agents soon. Uh, just keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, just bear with us while we're changing up the format. New season, new look, you know? Um, <laughs> Outro music, River Road, Justin Muth. Catch you next time. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.